your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 307 of the Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan in the heart of enemy territory, downtown Toronto, alongside Brandon Piller out in Collingwood. And the Ottawa Senators have won their 20th game of the season. A 2-1 win over the Winnipeg Jets to extend the Jets' losing streak to 7 and improve Ottawa's record to 7-2-1 since the trade deadline. We'll have a full breakdown of the game, including how the decor persevered without Thomas Shabbat, who left the game early with injury. Philly franchise was phenomenal in goal, really paving the way for Nikita Zaitsev to score on a goalie. The game-winning goal, unreal game. We'll discuss that. We'll also tee up the remaining four games of the schedule. What would we like to see? And more. This is the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day. Today is Tuesday, May 4th in Pilsy. Despite being outshot 29 to 18, including 17 to 4 in the second period, the Ottawa Senators emerged victorious last night. How the heck did they do it? Philly franchise. Philip Gustafson has continued to impress in the short stint that he's been in the NHL. His goals against, his save percentage has been absolutely amazing. He looks good out there in the red pads. He had to make a lot of great saves. He had Josh Morrissey had nine shots on goal. He was the only goal scorer for the Jets, but this Jets team just peppered. Gustafson with shots and he stood tall so shout out to Gustafson for really helping this team and he stole this win for the Ottawa Senators especially when you consider the fact that their number one defenseman played under three minutes last night yeah let's touch on that because we're gonna have a lot to say about Philip Gustafson coming up but as we do breaking down games in chronological order it was only two minutes and 57 seconds that Thomas Shabbat got to see in this game before he was knocked out. He tried to come back, skated for about half a shift, and went off that leaf eater Logan Stanley, man. He is a mean son of a gun, eh? He is a problem. Like, I think at the start of the season and earlier on in his career, like, everyone was enamored with the size of him. That's why the Winnipeg Jets drafted him. We were worried the Sens were going to draft him because that is such an Ottawa Senators-type well, player. they ended up taking Logan Brown, so pick Yeah, your exactly. The, a different big Logan uh, <laughs> happened there. But we, we didn't think he was mobile enough. Like, his skating didn't look great. He had mostly been in the AHL. Even in the AHL, he wasn't that impressive. But now that he's in the NHL and Paul Maurice trusts him he's causing problems like he he had his way with Tim Stutzla he knocked Thomas Shabbat down and then hit him again after on the same shift I think that definitely made things worse and he's he's just been a real thorn in the side for the Sens whenever they play him him and Brady Chuck do not like each other Josh Brown is not a fan of Logan Stanley either so this is a guy that you need to keep your eyes on when you're up against the Jets 
That was a big hit, but I will say it was it was clean. Like Shabbat was going behind the net and had just gotten rid of the puck and uh, admiring his pass a little too much. But it looked like he was kind of holding his arm a little bit. We're recording nice and early here on Tuesday morning. The Sens skate at 11.30 Eastern time. So hit us up on Twitter at Sense Central. We'll make sure to get you the latest once it comes out on Shabbat's status. But with Shabby out, the other two left-handed defensemen got to play a whole lot more. Like Victor Mete. What more can you say about this guy after being put on waivers? Plays 23 minutes and 46 seconds. I'm going to hazard to say that's a career high for him. And then Brandstrom plays 20 minutes and 37 seconds. And despite a couple poor giveaways, especially on the power play, uh, his advanced stats are were all really good last night uh, for Brandstrom. And we'll get to Nikita Zaitsev once we hit to our Central standouts. But Zaitsev got to play a whole lot. Frankly, everyone got to play a lot on the decor shorthanded as Zaitsev led the way here uh, with five block shots. But offensively, were the Sens' best looks in the entire game? Connor Brown and Nick Paul on shorthanded breaks? It's hilarious, but yeah. I mean, I think the Senators, there was one point where they were killing a penalty and then they negated that with Winnipeg taking a penalty. And I was like, oh man, like, can we just defer that power play? Like, let's stay shorthanded here. Nick Paul and Connor Brown are hot on the penalty kill. Not only did Connor Brown score that goal, which let's get into that now while we're on the topic. That goal does not happen without the amazing hockey IQ of Nick Paul. The, he clears the puck out of the zone. Lucky bounce. It hits the linesman as he's jumping up on the bench to try to avoid it, but it hits him. Morrissey isn't ready for that bounce. Nick Paul is. He scoops it up as soon as the... Puck touches his stick, he turns on the Jets, gets around Morrissey, and then as soon as he realizes he's got the inside track, he passes it over to Brown. He doesn't waste his time stick handling a little more. He doesn't try to get closer to the net. He knows, I've run out of real estate here, and I need to get that puck over to Connor Brown, so he does. And Connor Brown, on a breakaway, finally gets a goal, and shorthanded nonetheless, he leads the league in shorthanded goals with four, tied with Cam Atkinson and Brad Marchand. Pretty nice uh, company to be up in, in the leaderboard with. So you love to see that, especially when the Sens were getting dominated, that they end up scoring a goal shorthanded to take the lead. He might hit 20 goals on the season. That was his 18th of the year. And get this, Pilsy. He played seven minutes and 59 seconds shorthanded. That's the same amount of ice time that Mason Appleton had in the whole game and 25 seconds more than Nate Thompson. So he played as much or more shorthanded than two Winnipeg Jets forwards played in the entire game. It's truly incredible. And him and Nick Paul did unbelievable work. Paul was at seven minutes and 14 seconds. And then you had the second unit was kind of a mix and match of three guys between Formanton, Pinto, and Chris Tierney. But they, they deserve stick taps all around, but especially the decor because it was done by committee. Mete, six minutes shorthanded. Huge stick taps there. Josh Brown, 518. Zub, 441. Zaitsev, 347. And Branstrom, 142. So that's doing it by committee. Exactly. And that's what I wanted to touch on is Victor Mete. Like this guy has, you know, he's got the profile, young, small, speedy defenseman, but man, can he kill penalties? And that's just another opportunity. We talked about it on a couple podcasts ago, how Formanton's speed is such a weapon shorthanded. Combine the speed of Mete and Formanton shorthanded. If you're a power play unit, you better not bobble that puck at the blue line. You better not um, be slow to getting the puck on the half wall because this, the combination of Mete and Formanton can break out of that zone 
in an instant. And then you've got an odd man rush the other way while you're down a man. So the fact that uh, Mete, sure, he, he has his his weaknesses being a smaller guy, but he makes up for it with really smart defensive play and being an excellent penalty killer. I love the pickup for Mete. Well, it's no surprise that since that Mete pickup and a few other moves on trade deadline day, the Ottawa Senators have a 7-2-1 and one record, good for sixth in the NHL. But if you go back to April 17th, when they had that 4-0 shutout win over the Montreal Canadiens, they're 6-1-1 one one since that day. But going back to the PK, they've killed off 26 of 28 shorthanded opportunities. That's good for second in the National Hockey League, only behind the New York Islanders in shorthanded percentage. And then when you add in on top of that, that their PK is literally providing them offense at the same time, you're really starting to look at a dangerous group when the Sens go shorthanded. On the flip side of that, though, Ottawa's power play hasn't scored now in five games after scoring for six straight. So the give and take there is abundant. But once it ended the first period with a score of one nothing Ottawa, that second was all Winnipeg. Halfway through the period, Ottawa was being outshot 11-1, to and this is where we can really laud the performance of Philip Gustafson. He stayed calm. He made a few post-to-post saves. I've really noticed that as a big part of his game. He's, uh, like, especially the down low to high play, when a player's coming from behind the net, like that cross-seam pass, uh, fully scored on that, but the same type of play. They had a few of those last night, Winnipeg, and he got over there in a hurry. So I just thought his performance was absolutely fantastic. He made 13 saves while the Winnipeg Jets were on the power play. He was perfect. And that really stood out to me. He almost made, he made one less save when Ottawa was shorthanded. Then they made it even strength. So just to show the added pressure of the type of shots and 28 saves on the night, he's got the, for any goal, he's played four games and Gustin's played six. Now he's the best save percentage in the national hockey league. Yeah, he continues to impress here. Like, just when you think, like, ah, maybe the luck's run out here or or the beginner's rookie luck of an NHL goalie is starting to wear thin here. No, he's standing strong. And he gives this team the best chance to win night in and night out of any of the goalies available, right? Like, I think that's very easy to say. So I want to see Philip Gustafson play in the remainder of the games here other than the back-to-back. But he did get moved to the taxi squad this morning, didn't he? Money moves for Philly franchise. But hey, before we move on, and there's no scoring in the second period, we just saw a tweet here from Brendan Rundle. Uh, he's tweeting at Margaret O'Toole, who's a Send Central citizen. Over the last 17 games, pretty good sample size, right? Connor Brown has the same amount of shorthanded goals as the Toronto Maple Leafs have total power play goals. Let that sink in. Wow, that's... Uh... That's the ultimate spin zone that, uh, sure, maybe the Maple Leafs think their power play is good, but it's not good enough. And they lost a more offensive player who is better on offense with one less man than the man advantage. So Connor Brown. And how about that Selly too? That is pure anger. Like he was, he was pissed. Oh yeah. He's probably getting flashbacks of earlier in the season and being like, I could be on a 30 goal pace right now. Had a few bounces gone my way earlier in the season and, uh, we mentioned the Toronto Maple Leafs. We've got a fun leaf stat for you at the end of the show as well. But before we break down the rest of the game too, I want to take a break to tell you about Blue Nile because this episode is brought to you by 1010, which is the capsule collection of diamond rings that, that Blue Nile is selling that are responsibly sourced, that are limited edition designs, and they're at a fair price point too, just like Connor Brown. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 
of the most distinctive designers working today. These are rings that are sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a beautifully quality ring, ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or just simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only at BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. This collection features high quality, fine jewelry that will surprise and delight, and it's fairly priced too, so you can give her something special and truly meaningful. I checked these out. I'm blown away, and you can be too. If you're on the hunt for a perfect, unique ring that she'll treasure forever, you're going to want to check these out. They won't be around for long, so find them now, right now, and search the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. One of our great new sponsors, Blue Nile, and another new sponsor featured on yesterday's show for the first time, but they're back again because it's important, guys. Investing in your financial future can be life-changing, so you got to make sure you've got the right advice. Check out Wealthfront. Investing can be complicated, especially in today's economy. Who knows whether stocks are going up, down, left, right. It's, it's an absolute gong show lately. But whether you're a beginner or you've been investing for years, Wealthfront makes it easy. Isn't that the best when you know it's easy? They have the right tools for every portfolio. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. Can you believe that? A perfect portfolio catered to your financial goals done in minutes. No manual trades, no picking stocks, no stressful anxiety waking up every day to check how your stocks are doing as the market opens. None of that. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences you control. Wealthfront can even help you lower the taxes you pay as you invest. Nice. That's always great. For the average client, their tax loss harvesting can more than cover the low annual 0.25% advisory fee. That's it, guys. That's 0.25% advisory fee. Best of all, it's automatic, just like Connor Brown shorthanded. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets. They know what they're doing. And you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to wealthfront.com slash locked on NHL. Guys, all you need is $500 to get started. Grow your wealth the easy way and let Wealthfront do the work for you. To get your first $5,000 managed for free, for life, go to wealthfront.com slash locked on NHL. That's W E A L T H F R O N T dot com slash locked on NHL to start growing your savings today. One more time, guys, go to wealthfront.com slash locked on NHL and get started right now. All right, Pilsy, before we get into the scoring in the third period, because it was both by defenseman. I want to talk about a play earlier in the game. Just a, a flip over the glass penalty by Josh Brown. Is that the final straw to get JBD into the lineup, to, regardless of Thomas Chabot's health? I was going to say, no, I don't think that's uh, that's the last straw. I mean, Derek Stepan, he made a career uh, as an Ottawa Senator flipping the puck over the glass, <laughs> and that didn't seem to affect his ice time at all. So I don't think it's going to change to Josh Brown. The second part of what you said there is what's going to dictate whether JVD gets in the lineup here. If Shabbat's injury is serious, and it seems, I, I don't want to say serious, because then you're thinking the long-term injury. I think it's serious enough 
that it's quite likely we don't see him the last four games of the season. At the very least, I don't think he plays tomorrow. I think that's uh, pretty set in stone that that's not going to happen. So JBD, he's going to get an opportunity here unless DJ Smith decides to go with Ole Alsing, which I think the the pitchforks and uh, blowtorches would be out for Sens fans. Like there would be rioting if that happens. So I don't think that's going to happen, but it does mean someone's going to have to switch sides. But that'll be interesting, too, if Josh Brown does indeed stay in the lineup, which I think he will. DJ Smith said he doesn't mind moving a big, um, sturdy stay-at-home defenseman to their offside. So then you get Josh Brown on the right side, or on the left side, sorry, and that opens things up for JBD on the right side. So that seems to make sense. So we'll see if that's what happens. But obviously, you don't want to lose Tom Shabbat at any point in time. That's your number one defenseman. And, and it was clear that this team really plays a different style of game without him. But where one door closes, another one opens and JBD will probably get an opportunity to suit up in some NHL games here. Well, talking about kind of knocking at the door and getting an opportunity, Josh Morrissey, you mentioned nine shots on goal for him and he was able to convert, take us through that play that tied the game up halfway through the third period. Yeah, I think at, at one point the dam was going to break, right? The, the Jets were just knocking on the door too often. Josh Morrissey, NHL uh, career high for him, nine shots on goal. And that's a tough one for Philip Gustafson because he gets a lot of it. Like it, that didn't slip through him without any contact. He got a piece of it and it barely trickled in. But anytime you have a guy who's firing the puck like Josh Morrissey and you give him the time and space to creep in closer to the net from the blue line like he did, he's probably going to make you pay there and I'm not sure if that hit Zaitsev in front or Zaitsev was part partly screening Gustafson but we're, we're not going to get too hard on Zaitsev for that one after his uh, massive goal so that's that's just a tough one all around and I don't really blame anyone on that goal you know those goals are going to happen and Zaitsev and Gustafson were phenomenal throughout the rest of the game so we'll cut them some slack on that goal yeah no question and as that goal happened you're thinking oh my god is this the Habs game all over again like the ice was so tilted in the favor of, of Winnipeg right now, but they're a fragile team themselves, right? Six straight losses heading into this game. Their power play was abysmal. They were snapping them back, though. Ottawa's uh, face-off percentage, still something that really needs to be worked on, like 37% again, still dead last in the league over a long stretch, which almost makes the fact they keep winning that much more impressive. But at that point, once Morrissey scored, I start scanning the Jets lineup. I'm like, okay, does anyone not have an NHL goal under their belt? Because I'm just preparing myself mentally that that's what's going to happen for the overtime winner. But then Nikita Zaitsev hammers a rocket over the shoulder of Laurent Boissois. And this one, you can give some credit to both Drake Batherson and Connor Brown on the assist. Yep, great job by Batherson. Uh, he was under a lot of pressure. He had the puck, guys uh, swarming him on the back check, and he just finds Nikita Zaitsev. Nice sauce pass, hits him perfectly on the tape. And then Zaitsev, the confidence. <laughs> this guy hasn't scored a goal on a goalie in years. And for him to just walk in and rip one top shelf like that, you love to see it. But also, we talked about uh, Logan Stanley being a problem for the Senators because of his size. Uh, he was a problem for Laurent Bossois because yep. of his size. And hashtag goalie-friendly show, it doesn't take a genius to know that as soon as that goal goes in, first thing Laurent Bossois does is look at Logan Stanley and just give him one of these, like the hands open, like, oh, man, come on. I couldn't see anything because you're, you're seven foot, 250 <laughs> 
pound frame was in front of me. Like I got to see that puck. So that clearly like Laurent Bossois doesn't even move the pucks in the net and they're celebrating and he's still looking for that puck. Like that's tough. So you love to see it from Nikita Zaitsev. And I think that that celebration just says it all like the, the open arms, like bring it in boys. Like I'm taking us home and thank God he scored that goal Ross, because my keys to success was play a full 60 minutes. And in minute 59, they end up putting a bow on this game. Otherwise they would have lost in overtime. Unbelievable. It truly is. Nikita Zaitsev, it rolls perfectly into our Sen Central standouts of a 2-1 victory over the Winnipeg Jets. Nikita Zaitsev with five block shots, plays 25 and a half minutes without his usual partner. He mentioned after the game, like, he's barely ever played with Victor Mete. And then they're going out almost every other shift together. So the adjustments that he was able to make and to get rewarded offensively, I just thought was a phenomenal fitting end to this game because he is an underappreciated player and last night stood up tall in a huge moment. Yeah, Nikita Zaitsev is definitely worthy of some stick taps. If that's your Sun Central standout, I'm going to go with the next best defender or arguably the best defender. And that's in the crease. It was Gustafson. Like he's got to be the standout. He was the first star of the game. He's shown once again that he he's not just kind of a goalie in your back cupboard that you got on the back burner. This guy can be a legit prospect and he's someone that the senators need to covet and he, every single game he starts the decision over which goalie to protect in the expansion draft gets more interesting and more interesting good thing we'll have plenty of time as a daily senator show to go into that we're going to hit on our sends abroad as well but this wouldn't be a proper send central standout segment without stick taps to the entire penalty killing unit but most notably Nick Paul and Connor Brown. Now it had been four games without a point for Connor Brown after he was on his little streak, like he was on his big goal streak. Then he had one game without a point, but he had 13 points in 12 games. Then really cooled down in that Vancouver series after scoring in the first game, nothing in those last three, nothing against Montreal, but he makes up for it with a pair of points last night. And he, again, like we saw it a lot more earlier on in the season where he was over 20 minutes in, in games that's really been cut down. He hasn't played more than 20 minutes in a game since February 23rd, going through this quickly. Last night, he was back up nearly 21 minutes, and he was fantastic. So Connor Brown now, even with that four-game stretch without a point, has 15 points and 12 goals in his last 17 games. So a lot of credit needs to go to him, and it's great that he's locked up for a couple more years after this one. Yep, that, that was one of the best contracts uh, Dorian signed uh, in this offseason. Actually, I think it's it's pretty safe to say that is the best contract he signed in the offseason because there were a couple of bad ones. Let's, let's be real. So it's great to have Connor Brown sticking around. And that's a guy I think maybe Sens fans don't realize, but I bet he's a big part of that culture. Like I bet in the room he's, because it's funny to say, but Connor Brown is one of the veterans on that team. Like he has more NHL games than most guys. I got one for you. How galaxy brain would it be if he gets the C? Oh, I, I think uh, <laughs> I think we're we're pushing things a little too far there, but uh, but I don't think it would be like it wouldn't be a abysmal mistake. Like it's not like something crazy. Like I think he could be a very good leader. I'm definitely uh, in support of him getting an A. But I think no, him and him and Nick Paul should rotate that second A next year. Yeah. 
I don't know how I feel about the rotating A. I feel well, like one that, at home, one little, on the road. Yeah, I feel like that's a little bit of a stretch. But you know what? I think both those guys deserve to get recognized. So I'm not against it in this scenario. Yeah, because of course you got Brady doing captain shit. He's he's your leader. But we do have to talk about one part of Brady's game last night. Let's actually tell you about that after we get to Bet Online because Bet Online is the number one wagering place that we go at the Locked On Podcast Network. It's the only place that has you covered, the one place that we trust, betonline.ag. You can sign up today for a free account. Here's how you do it. Betonline.ag, go to make a deposit, create your free account, and because you're a listener of the Locked On Senators podcast, you are entitled to a 50% welcome bonus. You just put in the promo code Locked On, So that's Locked On when you make your first deposit, and 50% of what you put in goes directly into your account. You put in $200, bingo, bango, bongo, $100 right there. You don't have to press any other buttons. It's just, boom, appears. Magic. Put in $150. You get what I'm saying. You also get to play that money, right? Because it's free play. You have to earn it to win it. And that is where Pillsy's Parlay of the Day comes in. What do you have for us today, Pills? Yeah, Ross, it was a tough one for Pillsy's Parlay of the Day last night. The Buffalo Savers have been crushing my parlays lately, but... I'm going to stick to my formula. I still think, and this is the second game of a back-to-back, so they're not going to have the uh, team of destiny with uh, ECHL goalie getting his first NHL win. You know what? I'll tip my hat to him. Goalie-friendly show. Congrats on that one. He's but, our age, man. That's, yeah, a, that's a grind. Big time. That's a grind. I mean, we're still grinding trying to get our first NHL game, but uh, <laughs> it'll come one day. But So for the parlay of the day, We're going to start things off, and usually I don't do this, but I want to boost these odds because I picked all favorites. Boston Bruins puck line, minus one and a half. They beat the Devils 3-0 again, back-to-back situation. So I think the Bruins are going to get the best of them again. Puck line at plus 120. we got to get a plus odds one here in this parlay. Then Carolina Hurricanes versus the Chicago Blackhawks. Take that money line at minus 249. The Hurricanes... They're the best team in the NHL right now. I hate to alarm you, but it's wild what they've been able to do. Now, finally, I'm sticking to my guns. New York Islanders money line up against the Buffalo Sabres is at minus 265. So, guys, let's put that into a parlay. In conclusion, Boston Bruins puck line. Carolina Hurricanes money line. New York Islanders money line. Put $10 in. You're going to win $32.47. That is Pillsy's parlay of the day. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. And don't forget the promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. It's Bet Online, your online sports book expert. And another one of our favorite sponsors, just a quick word from our friends over at Rock Auto. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules, brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even a new carpet. They got you covered bumper to bumper. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. When you're having car problems, the last thing you want is a frustrating, stressful time just trying to get your parts so you can get back on the road, so you can you can take your kids to school so you can get to work so you can go grocery shopping all the things you've got to do right now you need your car working and if it's not working go to rockauto.com to get the parts to fix it the catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate 
quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. You are in control at rockauto.com. And best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Not sure why you would ever do that. And as a listener of the Locked On Senators podcast, you don't have to because we're partnered up with rockauto.com. Go there right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. One more time, guys, go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck. They got everything right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you rockauto.com. All right, Pilsy. So quick fun fact, that was Nikita Zaitsev's second game winning goal of his career and first since November of 2017. So long time coming for Nikita Zaitsev, his first goal on a goalie in 109 games with the Ottawa Senators. But the reason why that was a game-winning goal was Josh Mortisey's goal. It happened at four-on-four. And first, let's break down how it became four-on-four. Josh Brown and Matthew Perot, who's known as getting, you know, under guy's skin, they go... Um, what would you call it? A little dance? I mean, there's no gloves dropped. It wasn't really a fight. It was more like a, I'm 6'6", six, six, you're 5'10", kind of, I'm just going to throw you around a little bit. How did that end up being four on four? Yeah, I'm not really sure there. That was a weird one because it was behind the play and all I saw was Matthew Pro getting up and checking his mouth and he was bloody. To be honest, I'm not even sure how that all unfolded. And we discussed on yesterday's show how three on three doesn't complement his style of game as much. And that's not to say that he's not a great player and we still want to see him out there from time to time. But the same thing happened at four on four, a couple bad giveaways and ultimately gave possession to the other team, right? There was one play at the far left. He was at the left wing side, obviously. And he curled back instead of just trying to chip it down the ice. And by keeping that possession, he ends up going back into his own zone and they never end up clearing. So I think he almost thinks too much when there's too much space and he has so many strengths to his game. Carrying the puck through neutral ice isn't really one of them. I just want him to keep it simple, especially when it's four on four. Other guys like Formanton, yeah, hold on to the puck when it's four on four. Possession is paramount. But with Brady, just keep your similar style of play because ultimately it cost him last night. Yeah, I agree. I I didn't love that play either. And yeah, that's that's the thing. Like, there's so like we could do a whole podcast on just complimenting Brady Kachuk and all we the have. things. He, yeah, we have <laughs> um, he, all the things he does well and uh, everything like that. But there are certain things that you know he just doesn't excel at, and that's fine because there's other guys on the team that can do that. And Brady Kachuk, the more ice he has, I feel like doesn't really. Uh, give him any sort of advantage he's not a speed guy he's not a breakout guy all those kinds of things so yeah I agree with you there four on four I don't think you need Brady on the ice and there's some better options that could be there for you 100% just thought it was worth noting there at four on four um, as that was the reason Winnipeg got on the board however Ottawa we should mention as well with only four games left something to watch for and it's also kind of cool that in a season full of these mini series Pilsy The final four games will be against four different teams. Tomorrow, they play against Montreal. Saturday, Winnipeg. Sunday, Calgary. So a nice back-to-back on the weekend. And then finishing off at home to the Toronto Maple Leafs. So that's a nice little wrinkle in the schedule. And Ottawa, as they've been now for the last like two weeks, the only team in the National Hockey League to not be shut out 
in a game. So that'll be a fun storyline to continue through the end. One more note, just league around the North division and Montreal being Ottawa's next opponent as well. Kind of makes sense. So it's kind of weird because Toronto plays Montreal three times this week and that's their whole week. Montreal has to play an extra game because they had that COVID shutdown. So they have to play Ottawa as well in between, but that little guy, Cole Caulfield, man, he did it again last night. So it was a lot more fun watching him score an OT winner against Toronto than it was against Ottawa. But how about the Toronto Maple Leafs? We discussed their poor power play uh, of late, but Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews, you got $30 million in salary this year going in on a two on O in overtime and they don't even get a shot off. How is that possible? I love it. I love it. You can't buy goals, unfortunately, for the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> oh, I mean, unless... So Nikita Zaitsev, uh, well, he tied. Uh, Matthews did still score last night. That guy is ridiculous. There's no question. But the one guy who had a better season than uh, Austin Matthews at the U.S. program was Cole Caulfield. So he gets a goal. So Ottawa's going to have to look out uh, for him. And we'll preview that all in tomorrow's show. But is it like a three-on-three thing? Because, again, he wasn't noticeable in the game. So... I don't know if that's my my new take on this, but I'm starting to get a little worried about my my Caulfield predictions. Yeah, it's it's not off to a good start. Like I think I think you were expecting you might have to eat your words down down the road. Like maybe uh, career wise, Caulfield would turn into someone great, but for him, his first two NHL goals to be OT winners, including his first ever to crush the Sens, uh, that's that's tough for you, buddy. I'm I'm sorry, but you got hey, if you dish it out, you got to take it. So oh, 100%. here it is. Happy to take it, but I've also loved what Pinto's brought to the, the table. Despite not having a goal, he does have three assists, and he has been playing really well defensively. Like I, I saw that they're doing an NHL 21 uh, roster update soon. Pinto's going to be in it. That guy's defensive awareness and stick checking have to be in the 90s because this guy, he just brings it so well on the defensive side. How sick would it be? For a line next year, a third line of Formanton, Pinto, and Connor Brown. Like, if they can figure out two guys to play with Stutzla on the second line, then you obviously you have your first line right now, Norris, Kachuk, Batherson. Like, this, this could be a deep team offensively. Big time. And I think that's what we've given credit for. Like, this forward group, you can see the pieces are in place. Like, everyone has a spot everyone has a role and you've got a full mix of different attributes you got speed size scoring passing the the one thing that they're really missing is a face-off guy where they have in place Shane Pinto he's just gonna need time and I think this forward roster definitely is looking great and I'm excited to see how it shapes up next season oh even just throughout the rest of this season and we hope JBD can get a look on the back end but not at the expense of a Thomas Shabbat injury. Like I said at the start, you can follow us on Twitter at Send Central. We'll let you know when you hear from that. You can also follow us on Instagram, lockedon.senators. And please subscribe to the show if you liked what you hear, whether it's Spotify, Google, or on Apple. It's the Locked On Senators podcast. And it also goes a long way if you leave a review. So if you wouldn't mind doing that, just quick one. And why don't we end off with a little Sens trivia? It is Tuesday after all, Pilsy. I actually totally forgot we were doing that. So I'm glad one of us is on the ball with the Tuesday trivia. Of course, it's you that's on the ball with that one. All right, Pelzi, we're going to have a little fun with numbers in this one. We know number eight was retired for the late, great Frank Finnegan when the franchise was named. So no player has ever worn number eight for the Sens. However, there is one other number between one and 65 that has never been worn by an Ottawa Senator in their history so your question right now is which number has never been worn in an nhl game 
for the Senators. You can tag us on Twitter at Send Central. Actually, you know what you're going to do? You're going to reply to the tweet where we put out our episode and guess which number has never been worn. Pillsy, do you want to take a shot in the dark here? 47. All right. I will say 47 is not it. I will tell you the three very highly regarded names who have worn number 47. Zach Smith wore it as a rookie in 2009, 2010. Andre Benoit in 2011. And Mark Kastelich is listed as number 47 on the current roster. So hasn't made it into an NHL game just yet. But if Kastelich got called up, there's his number. So still, I wouldn't count that as one. So if you're thinking about which numbers, that wouldn't be one to, to think of. But there is one. We'll leave it at that for today. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day.